tonight. Amen. I'm so in love with you. Matthew 11. You know, I'm here, God. Oh my God. I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to get into the word tonight, but there's. Look, somebody tell me there's a river. Come on, touch two people. Tell me there's a river. Come on, touch two people. Tell me there's a river. And there is no depression. There's no depression in this river. There's no stress in this river. There's no oppression in this river. There are no waste in this river. There's liberty in this river. There's life in this river. There's peace in this river. There's expectation in this river. Come on tonight. Bless the living God. He's I'm so grateful for the team that traveled with me from Tampa. Stand if you would. Hey, man, you guys are amazing. These people rock right now. I'm telling y'all, wherever I go, I thank God for all of you and for your faithfulness. Amen. And also, Camille, I, I think is here, our product expert as well. Praise God. We brought some resources tonight. Amen. If you got some kids, you want to make sure they, they, they never end up in financial struggle. I wrote a kid's book called Antoine and the Talking Coin, teaching financial wisdom to our kids. Also, I'm gonna have to give this one to Amanda, the first lady's guide to maintaining sanity while in ministry. Did you read this one? The first lady's guide to maintaining sanity while in ministry. Amen, that's for you. Anybody, listen, anybody making a transition from uh, your work into full-time ministry, if you're in a place and you that's what you wanna do, raise your hand. You Is that you? Hey, I, brother, raise your hand, man. I know it's you. I feel it. I want to give you this. It's seamless. It's it's called it's called making a transition from the secular to the sacred. Amen. Oh my God. And there are some stages and platforms and read your gifts about the big room for you. No, I'm talking about major room for you. Church, stretch your hands this way. Father, we thank you for the gift that's on this man of God. Oh my God, we thank you that you give him the desires of your heart, this desire, Lord, to transition into 
uh, full time and you put it on his heart. Now, Father, bring him into that grace and into that space where he'll be able to completely devote his time and his energy. It's been such a frustration to you even that you have to do other things. God gave you that frustration because God is preparing you. God, hey, God is preparing. Oh, my God. He's preparing you for this next place in your calling and in your, it's a holy frustration and it's a holy dissatisfaction. It comes from the Lord. But we stand in agreement concerning your assignment. Somebody shout release. We speak a release. Oh, and doors that open that no man can close. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, give the Lord thanks and praise, if you would. Amen. All right, let's jump into this. Matthew 11 in your Bibles, if you would. My, 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 my. It's nice and juicy in here. And uh, verse 28, if, if you follow me, let's go there real quick. Matthew 11, 28. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm -mm. Anything could happen here tonight. Oh, oh God. I feel God in this place tonight. It says in verse 28, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Somebody shout, I'll take it. Says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, we thank you for the anointing that is upon your word to break the yoke of ignorance and bring us into a greater understanding of your will and how to align with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I bring you greetings from Manifestations Worldwide in Tampa, Florida, of which I am the founder. Uh, 21 years ago, we founded this ministry with 20 people in the storefront garage. Amen. And now God has taken us all over the world, literally. I, matter of fact, I'm, my heart is broken about Russia because I've ministered in Moscow and Irkutsk and Ulan Uday. Uh, I've, I've ministered all over the world, and so I know people there, and I've contacted people there, and they can't even talk about what's going on, believe it or not. They literally can't even talk about it. But we do pray for them and ask God to favor uh, uh, Ukraine and, and the leadership and, and that God gives grace for the situation and brings peace in the situation. But 21 years ago, uh, I started a ministry at the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, that has become a worldwide ministry. I didn't want a pastor. Amen. And so that means that God, I'm on God's W-2. <laughs> now you all understand, he has to take care of me because I don't want to do this. Hello, somebody. And that's really the way I do ministry is that, see, look at somebody tell them this wasn't my ideal. You know, I, I had a life. I was a businessman. I was pretty successful. I was doing well in life. And God called me to give up my life as previously scheduled so that I we would be devoted to this process of developing his people. Uh, I think anybody who wants to pastor is crazy. They should be checked out mentally because nobody in their right mind <laughs> decides to do this on their own. Look, somebody tell me you must be called. Now, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, if you're doing what you're not called to do, come on, tell somebody, if you're doing what you're not called to do, it's a matter of time before you break. Because there, there is an anointing for your assignment, but there is no anointing for your assumptions. Don't assume. Don't assume you're supposed to be doing anything except what the Lord has called you to do. Because where there is an assignment, say to me, where there is an assignment, there is an anointing. Say, when it's the anointing, it's not me. Say, when it's me, it's not the anointing. Oh, my God, help me. So when we're under the anointing of God, the Spirit of Christ is working through us to do the work. Somebody shout, it's easy to do because it's not me doing it. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. We're going to extrapolate some principles from the text tonight. This is going to apply to your church and your life. Tell somebody they are not the same. Matter of fact, somebody shout, church is not my life. Christ is my life. Hello, somebody. I get to do all the ministry that I do, but it's not my life. It doesn't define me. How many people sit in front of me doesn't define me. Oh, come on, somebody. Whether I have speaking engagements and platform doesn't define me. Somebody shout, Christ defines me. Paul said, when Christ, who is our life, appeared, then shall we appear unto him in glory. Say, Christ is my life. 
Now, never, uh, ne oh Lord, I think I'm into this already. Never attach your worth to your work. Somebody shout, my work and my worth are not the same. In other words, I don't work for worth, I work from it. I work from knowing my worth and knowing my identity. So Christ is my life. So over these 21 years of being in ministry, I have learned and learned and learned again. A thousand deaths has brought me to learn how to be dependent upon God for everything that we do and realizing that apart from dependency upon God, we're doing things in our own strength. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about these, these things. All right. If you're taking notes, our instruction that I was given to give you is, are you structured for stress or structured for success? Uh, I'm talking about your life, but I'm also talking about the church. Listen, you, you're coming. This is six years. All right. You're coming into a new phase. Say a new phase. Now watch this. What got you here won't get you there. And that means that somebody shout there has to be restructuring. Now why? Because we have the structure for where we're going. Oh, come on, somebody. We have the structure for where we're going. You know, there are many people, your life is not structured for well-being. And then you're shocked when you're not well. Oh, my God, help me. The way you do relationships is not healthy. Oh, Lord, who am I talking to already? The way you interact with other people is not healthy. Somebody shout, my life has to be structured for success. Now, watch it now. Just because Jesus loves you don't mean he won't let you break down. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Just because Jesus loves you. There are some people, listen, you love God, but you don't realize that the way you're trying to do life don't work. Now, that's why we have the text. Watch what he said. He says, come to me. Say, come. Now, watch this. There's an exchange. Say, there's an exchange in the coming. There's an exchange in the coming. He says, if you come to me, watch what I will do. I will give you rest for weariness and being burdened. Watch what the Lord said. He said, take on my yoke. Somebody shout the easy yoke. And learn how to rest while you work. Oh, come on, somebody. Learn how to rest while you work. You know, I heard pastors say this a little bit earlier, and, and I agree with it, right? Ministry should be fun to us. Come on, somebody. Uh, all right. Your life should be fun. Now, now, how do you make your life more enjoyable? I want you to look at somebody and tell them, give yourself permission to enjoy your life as it is while you're on the way to where you're going. Some of you are harassing yourself because discontentment causes you not to enjoy the present moment. Discontentment disconnects you from being, gratitude, from being grateful for what the Lord has purpose to do in your life in this season. So watch what he says. He says, there's an exchange. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is what? My burden is what? Now watch this now. So there is an exchange. And what I want to debunk, debunk is a couple of myths tonight. First of all, the myth that ministry has to be stressful. Oh my God. The myth that dealing with people has to be difficult. And the myth that if you love God, you have to neglect yourself for other people. Look at somebody tell them those are myths. As a matter of fact, watch this. As a matter of fact, the reason that many of us have a hard time dealing with other people is because of three simple things. You ready for them? Write them down. Boundaries, orientation, and energy. Boundaries, orientation, and energy. What do you mean by that? There are some of us right now, you are wired for abuse. Oh, Lord. Ask me how. Because if you have no boundaries, it tells you you're open for abuse. The very fact that you have no boundaries tells you that you're open to allowing people to do anything to you. You're allowing, you're allowing yourself to become abused by others. Why? Simply because you have no boundaries. Where, wherever there are no boundaries, there will be abuse. You know, don't get shocked if your neighbor puts a shed in your backyard if you didn't put up a fence. <laughs> so the reason that for many of us dealing with people is difficult here is why. Because you think because you love people, you got to be dealing with them all the time. Oh, my God. You have no boundaries. 
Some of you right now feel obligated to notification. Every time your phone pops a notification, you feel obligated to respond. Somebody shout boundaries. And because there are no boundaries, you end up getting abused by people. Listen to what I found out about people, especially in ministry. Say it with me. Hurting people don't care about my well-being. You ever been to the ER? When somebody's bleeding, they don't ask the doctor, how are you? Hurting people don't care about your well-being. They care about getting well even at your expense. So what that means, say, I have to care about my well-being. Now, so boundaries are reflective of a person that understands their value. Say value. If you don't have boundaries, you don't know your value. If you don't have boundaries, you're open for abuse. You understand that? Now, what I've discovered after 21 years of pastoring is this. 28 years of pastoring, 21 years of pastoring my church is this. All right. I figured out and I've accepted that in order for me to be a balanced person and have a balanced life, someone else has to be disappointed. Oh, hello, somebody. Look at somebody tell them, I'll accept that. In other words, watch it now. I love being there for you, but I am not, watch it now, but I am not going to always be there for you. I love being there for you, but there are times when I'm supposed to be at a ball game with my kid and I can't be there for you. There are times when I'm supposed to be doing date night with my wife and I can't be there for you. There are times, there are times when I'm doing self-care. Look at somebody tell me, I can't be there for you. Now why? Because the Bible does not say love your neighbor instead of yourself. The Bible said love your neighbor as you love yourself. And there are some of you right now, you're trying to love other people out of a void and you can't do it. When you try to love other people out of a void, you end up suffering the ramifications of neglect. You know, I taught this week, I pastor pastors, as your pastor said, I do one-on-ones every Wednesday with pastors. That's my all-day Wednesday is one-on-ones with pastors, helping spiritual leaders remain healthy. And I was talking to one particular pastor, and they're talking about all the stuff they're doing. And woe out and tore down and burn out. And I said, here's, there's, it's pretty simple. I said, there, there's a big difference between sacrifice and neglect. Say sacrifice, sacrifice. and neglect. Two people can be doing the same thing and one of them is going to break. Ask me why. Sacrificial behavior always comes from wholeness. Oh, come on, somebody. Neglectful behavior comes from a void. And what happens, what makes the same activity good for one person and bad for another person is the condition they're in. Look at somebody tell me it's not all the stuff you have to do. Come on, tell somebody it's not the stuff you have to do. You know what I found out? Stuff doesn't wear you out. It's the condition that you do the stuff in that wears you out. And there are many of you right now, you're trying to deal with a whole lot of issues. And we have a very volatile world scene. And you're dealing with the changes that are going on in your family. And you're doing it from a depleted state. Look at somebody tell them that's not going to work for you. And you're going to have to unapologetically begin spending some time taking care of yourself. I want you to tell two people you should not feel bad about taking care of yourself. If, if you feel guilty when you take care of yourself, that means you're programmed for abuse. Oh, my God. Who are the mothers I'm talking to in this place tonight? If you feel guilty when you take care of yourself, it means you are wired for abuse. Oh, who are the mothers I'm talking to in this place tonight? I'm going to say it one more time. If you feel guilty when you take care of yourself, you are programmed for abuse. And it's a matter of time before you break. You understand that? Jesus said there's an exchange. I want to give you rest for weariness and burdenness. Now, you know what, you know what that tells me? There are a lot of us that are doing ministry and we're parts of the church and parts of auxiliaries in the church and, and we're wore out. We're burned out and wore out on church. And it's not because being a part of church is bad. It is because you're not being a part of church in the best condition. I love the people of God, but I don't want to be around y'all all the time. You know, I, I look at my calendar, Mark, and you know how the young pastors, man, they can't wait to get a speaking engagement. I look at my calendar. I'm like, yes, I got nowhere to be. And I, I'm dragging around the house. Don't even comb my hair. I'm just glad to be off, right? 
So now watch this now. So life and ministry, listen, life and ministry is only hard for transgressors. Say transgressors. What does that mean? When you know the way, but you do it your way. When you know what God wants, but you do what they want. Oh, y'all hear it. Proverbs 13, 5 said, 13, 15. It said, Proverbs 13, 15. It says, good understanding, give it favor. Say favor. But the way of the transgressor is hard. Watch what he says. Favor comes from having a good understanding of God's will and how to do it. Say how to do it. But hardness comes from deviating from a principle or a pattern. Y'all got that? If your life is hard, you have left the principle. My God, you didn't hear what I just said to you. If your life is hard, you're not following the pattern that God has given you in Scripture. God never told, like some of you right now believe that the pastor is supposed to be omniscient, omnipresent. Come on, somebody. Everywhere, always, you're supposed to catch me in the spirit. I tell people, I'm not going to catch you in the spirit. You set a meeting and I'll catch you in my office on Tuesday at 11. Pastors are not omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. You see that? And so watch this now. So whenever we leave a pattern, say pattern or principle. The promise of scripture is that if we leave a pattern or a principle, there will be hardness. The way of the transgressor is hard. Listen, life is not hard. What matters is this. How, what principles are you living your life by? Come on, say principle creates prosperity. Watch what the Bible says. Give and it shall be what? How? Good measure. How? 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 That's a principle that creates a result. So principle creates prosperity. Watch this. Patterns create glory. Wherever God's pattern is followed, God's glory is made manifest. You got that, believers? So watch this now. So life and ministry are hard, is hard for transgressors. When I know the way, but I'm doing it my way. When I know what God wants, but I'm doing what they want. You understand that? So as I said a moment ago, we as pastors, we're not omnipotent. We're not omniscient. We're not omnipresent. And so it's very important that we realize that it's our job to make sure that we maintain balanced lives, balanced family lives, and balanced personal time. Now write this down. Don't neglect your well-being while you hide behind cliches and colloquialisms. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have a process for ensuring that you do not lose yourself in the busyness of life? Believers, I'm asking you a question. Do you have a process... For making sure that you don't lose yourself in the business of life. I never forget years ago, I looked at my calendar. About eight or nine years ago, I looked at my calendar. You know what I discovered? Everybody and their well-being was on my calendar except me. Come on. And I decided that day that I was going to reorganize my life to make sure that I would say be well while I'm doing good. Now, there's some of you that are doing good, but you're not being well. And unfortunately, many of us don't discover that until the ambulance is rushing you to the hospital with high blood pressure. Many of us don't discover that until you have irregular heart palpitations, until you cancer. There's somebody right now that's having a hard time sleeping at night. And here's why. Because you've taken on burdens and cares that aren't even yours. But as I'm speaking to you right now, the Spirit of the Lord is breaking that anxiety off of your soul. Tonight will be the most restful sleep you have ever had. I declare over your life that anxiety is breaking. Everything that causes your breathing to become constricted in the night is breaking now under the weight of the anointing of God that's in this place. In Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13. It says, it is not our intention that others may be relieved while you are burdened, but that there may be equality. Say equality. Now here's the principle I want you to take from this. Say this with me. Helping other people should not hurt me. You know, I'm so grateful I learned that years and years ago in ministry. Helping other people shouldn't hurt me. You know what hurts? What hurts helping other people is when you haven't spent enough time helping yourself. 
when you apologize. You know, it's funny. My wife and I, we were both at home today. And that's, that's very rare because normally we're always going somewhere on a Saturday. But my wife said, oh, she's, we're both laying. We're on the couch stretched out, both of us. She said, I feel so lazy. I said, girl, please. I said, there is nothing lazy about people resting. But now, but now, but now, why did she say that? Because she was brought up by a mother who told her that if you rested, it meant you were lazy. And that's why some people feel guilty when they rest because somebody said you're lazy if you take a nap. You understand that? I'll be 52 in June. I must take naps. Hello, somebody. Naps are mandatory. And every two weeks, massages too. Anybody else get massages regularly? Every two weeks? Hello. Hello, somebody. Every two weeks. I'm going to take care of me. If I don't take care of anybody else, I'm going to make sure I'm in a state of well-being. Now, I want you to take a look at this. I'm not going to go to this verse because you all know it. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Says this, uh, uh, you all know the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, for he has anointed me. The next word is two. Say two. two. Now that means that they say the anointing, the anointing is for other people. Jesus was never anointed for himself. Well, come on. And the next part of the verse talks about two who he's going to heal, sight he's going to open, prisons going to be free, prisoners are going to be free, there's going to be liberty. Say the anointing on my life is not for me. Oh, my God. It's for other people. I want to ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, who's anointed for you? Now, that brings me to another point that I always teach. There are some of you right now, here's why you're always tired and depleted. Because you pour out and you pour out and you pour out and you pour out. But who pours into you? Come on, ask somebody, who pours into you? Who will you let, who will you allow to be in your life for your well-being? Come on, ask somebody, who teaches you? You teach everybody else who teaches you. You encourage everybody else who encourages you. And some of us, watch this now. Some of us are wired for abuse. Wired for abuse. What do you mean by that? Even when God sends somebody in your life who is designed to refresh you, you won't allow them to. Now, you know what that tells you? You tell your neighbor you're wired for abuse. So what, watch this now. So we need to understand, say the anointing of God breaks yokes and destroys strongholds. But watch this now. But it's not for your ongoing mental health. <laughs> oh my God. The anointing of God will break the yoke, but it's not for your ongoing mental health. Have you ever noticed that the Holy Spirit won't give you abs? <laughs> Anybody ever notice that? You can pray all you want to. There is no anointing to destroy fat. Anybody notice that yet? Tell somebody, you got to take yourself to the gym. Y'all notice that? So we want the anointing to do everything, right? We even pray. We eat crap, and then we ask God to take the bad stuff out of it. And God's like, no. <laughs> take the impurities out. No. Look, somebody tell them, choose better food. So the anointing is for one-time deliverance, but, but not for ongoing maintenance. Say, I need ongoing maintenance. Come on, shout it. I need ongoing maintenance. You know, Jesus in John chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus healed a man and said, now stop doing what you were doing lest something worse happen to you. Now watch it now. The anointing healed him, but then he had instructions. Quit doing what got you in this state. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Even though God delivers you, tell somebody, you got to do the maintenance. Even though God heals you, you got to do the maintenance. You got a supernatural healing from God and you still eating bacon. Oh, okay, never mind. Let's move on. Let's move on. You got, you got, uh, you got, a, you got a miracle money and you're still not on the budget. God, God brought you out of debt and you're still a sucker for a sale. So the anointing breaks the yoke. Somebody shout, but I got to do the maintenance. Y'all understand that? Is your life structured for stress or success? And there are many of you right now. Your life is structured to wear you out. 
You understand that? And, and, I'm, and you know why I'm, I'm contending for? I see so many prophetic people who end up becoming prophetic roadkill because they don't realize that no matter how anointed, no matter how gifted you are, you have to have a process to maintain your well-being. You got to have a process. I'm watching pastors crash and burn. Remember, I pastor pastors. Why? Not because ministry is stressful, but because their structure is. Your structure is wearing you out. Now, now, where does stress come from? Write this down. If you are stressful, you lack one of two things, maybe even both. Stress is a result of lack of skill or lack of structure. That's good. Oh, God, help me in this place tonight. Stress is a result of a lack of skill or a lack of structure. If you know that you have the skill, how many of you have a skill to do what you're doing? Whether it's your job or ministry. All right, all 10 of us. The rest of y'all going to work being a problem for somebody, huh? <laughs> if you know that you have the skill to do what you're doing, watch this now. Then it's a Now, well, let's back up to that. Since the greater majority didn't raise your hand, either, either you were being honest or rebellious. So I'm assuming rebellion. Now, if you like skill, you should be going toward that skill. You, you understand that? You know, many people right now I see in the body of Christ, there is no amount of spiritual warfare that can ever take the church out. Come on, tell somebody, can't do it. He said, upon this rock. Oh, come on, tell somebody, upon this rock. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is that true or true? So there's no amount of spiritual warfare that can ever take you out. Y'all understand that? But you know, being a pastor for 28 years now, 21 my own church, you know what takes people out? The lack of coping skills. The lack of resolution skills. The lack of negotiation skills. The lack of reasoning skills. Some people reason themselves right into depression. Oh, come on. Tell somebody you feel what you feel because you focus where you focus. Your, de your depression does not come out of thin air. It comes out of wrong focuses. Oh, come on, somebody. So I watch people, listen to me. So I watch people that run themselves down because they don't realize no matter how anointed you are, you have to have a process for your mind. You have to have a process to get your and maintain soulish order. You got to do test my soul work. There's so many of us that you need soul work. You got to have a process whereby you address the dysfunctional paradigms that are going on in the regions of your mind. You see that? And if we address those things and create processes that help us and that help us to go toward maintenance and wholeness, somebody shout, I'm developing skill. Your life will become less stressful or not stressful at all when you gain skill. Lack of skill or a lack of structure. Those are the two things that it create to a stressful life or a stressful ministry. So I got some very clear instructions that I am to give this house and give your lives over restructuring. Say we're structuring for the next season. Now the first thing I heard the Lord say to me this morning is this. It's important that you only do what God can reward. Hello? It's important. Tell somebody, only do what's rewardable. You know, there are many of us right now that are doing a lot of things that, you know, when we stand before Christ, the Bible said every single one of us will give an answer to the Lord Jesus Christ for how we have lived our lives, whether good or bad. I don't know about you, but one of the things I found out, I only want to do what he can reward. So we need to quit doing what is unrewardable. Whatever he can reward, it's time for you to quit doing. Now, here's the second thing he said. Never do it alone. Never do it alone. You know why there are so many people with me tonight? This is a fraction of a picture of a reality that I refuse to do ministry by myself. I refuse, I refuse to let ministry be a one-man show. I am not the Lone Ranger. And even he had Tonto. Come on, tell somebody the church is a body. Look at somebody tell them the church is a body. The church is not one member. The church is not a unicorn with the pastor only being a little prominent horn. That is not the body of Christ. It is a member. Uh, listen, how many of us are members of a church? Raise your hand if you are a member of a church. Raise your hand. You're a member of a church. You know what a member is? A functioning, necessary part of a body. So here's the question. You're a member, but are you functioning? 
You're a member, but do you know your gifts? Do you know your how God has equipped you to make a difference in the body? Look at some Do you make a difference? Come on. We all make a difference. Here's the question. Do you know the difference you make? Come on, ask your neighbor. Do you know the difference you make? Do you know the difference you make? See, because when you know the difference that you make, then you get up every day being intentional about making that difference. Nobody, listen to me. These guys with me, with me will tell you. Nobody's got to come over and say, let's go encourage the pastor because he's depressed and weighed down. Man, I, I don't even need to set an alarm. My vision wakes me up in the morning. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm so excited to be me. I can't wait to get up and be me. Hey, hello, somebody. Pastor's appreciation. I appreciate myself. Y'all understand what I'm saying? People say, what do you do when people reject you? I, nothing, because that has nothing to do with me. Tell somebody my stock don't go down when people leave me. And it doesn't go up when people come. I know my identity. I know my value. Amen. Amen. I've learned. I talked this the other night. I've learned that I don't need the people that I lead to like me. Look somebody tell me, I like, I like me enough for both of us. Hello. She rolled her eyes at me. She's cross-eyed. She rolls her eyes at everybody. Look somebody tell me, everything's not about you. There's no love in the church. Did you bring it? Come on, ask somebody. Did you bring it? Did you never complain about something you don't have the capacity to co-create? I said never complain about something you don't have the capacity to co-create. Did you bring love? Because if you brought it, there would be an abundance of it. So many of us get distracted. You give your energy. You give your energy to things that don't matter. Like they're talking about me. So what? Come on, tell somebody, if people are talking about you, tell your neighbor, say neighbor, if people are talking about you, that means you actually have a life. That's all it means. That's, that's all it means. All it means is that you actually have a life. And the reason they're talking about you is because they don't have one. You understand that? So I don't, how do you feel when people leave? I feel finished. <laughs> I am, say I'm a small part of a big thing that God is doing. Come on, declare it. I'm a small part of a big thing that God is doing. Declare it again. I'm a small part of a big thing that God is doing. I don't know about you. I'm just going to do my part. I'm not concerned about anybody else and what they're doing. I'm going to do my part as I've been called and anointed by God. Somebody shout, I'm anointed to do my part. You understand that? I don't feel rejection when people leave me. I feel finished. So what do I say when people leave me? Who's next? Say I'm just here to help. I'm just, I'm a servant. I'm a servant to what people are becoming. That's all I am. I'm just a servant to what people are becoming. Tell somebody I'm not all that. I'm something. But now here's something else. I am not everything people will ever need. Never estimate your part of the process. Play your part of the process. But never estimate your part of the process. You understand that? And so the, what always matters upon your engagement and their departure is this. Have you done what God told you to do in their life? Did you know your assignment? Were you intentional about engaging your assignment? Y'all realize the third grade teacher doesn't get mad when the students go to fourth grade? <laughs> Come on, why are you getting mad when people transition from your process? Your process was to bring them to a certain point, and then they're supposed to make transition. That's, tr- that's normal. Tell somebody, that's not personal. Now, that's not personal unless you get your value from who's you giving advice to. All right, all right, see? That's not personal unless you derive your value from how many people are sitting in front of you in a room. Do you guys know... There before thousands of people joined my church. Our church had three little girls with the same last name. <laughs> I preached to those three little girls and set up my products like they were going to buy something. Because I realized the value, say the value is that God called me to do it. Oh, come on, somebody. I just want to be faithful to my assignment. I don't care how many people come to church. I don't care how many people watch online. You know, we got people that don't want to come in the building no more. So what? Hey. I see you online. I don't care what y'all do no more. 
Y'all do whatever y'all want. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I ain't got time to be stressing myself out trying to figure out whether people devoted to Jesus or not. I have laid the table. You can decide whether you eat or not. Tell somebody, you ain't going to stress me out. Come on, look at somebody tell me, you ain't going to stress me out. My job is to set the table. I can't make you eat. Y'all got that? Know your part. Play your part. Here's something else. Quit worrying about other people's part. Quit comparing yourself to a part you aren't equipped to play. Y'all hear what I said? Comparison is a thief in the body of Christ. Quit comparing yourself to a part you're not equipped to play. You understand that? Be the anointed you God called you to be. Know your part. Know how God has gifted you to make a difference and then make it your business to make that difference. You understand that? All right. So here we are. Structuring. All right. Never do it alone. Ne say never do it alone. Now, what does that mean? That means, you know, I, I process it like this. I never start anything to run it myself. You understand that? Our church is open seven days a week. I refuse to pastor a Sunday church. Our church is open seven days a week. Seven days a week. Over, over 40, I have 44 employees on my payroll. Okay? And my vision is for 200. We have 14 buildings in our neighborhood. We minister to hundreds and hundreds of family every single week. I refuse to pastor a Sunday-only church. You understand that? I refuse to pastor a church that the community has not ordained relevant. The community ordains you relevant when you meet needs. Hello, somebody. And the next thing I decided is this. I am not going to be doing all the ministry that needs to get done. Hello, somebody. Look at somebody tell them, don't do it alone. It's not a one-man show. I am a part, but I am not the whole. Y'all got that? So we're on a structure. Realize that you are one part of a body and only play your part. Only play your part. Here's number four. Help other people to identify, accept, and become activated in their roles. That's critical to where this ministry is going next, is that we got to be able to identify, help other people to identify and, and be trained and activated in their role. Why? Because where this man and woman of God are going, there's many things they're doing now they cannot do going into this next place. Anybody hear, hear what I'm saying tonight? There are some things they're taking on themselves they've had to to get to this point. But for where they're going next, they're going to have to be more vision helpers. Who am I talking to in the house? They're going to have, and here's something else. When you say that I got it, make sure that you do it as consistently as they did it for six years. All right, here we go. Don't have me drop it to you and then you drop it completely. Here's number five. Do things according to the pattern of scripture. As I said earlier, glory will ma manifest. Glory is always a, deriv a derivative of the patterns of God being followed. There's a pattern to how we're supposed to do this. That's why he gave us his word. Exodus chapter 40 says that when Moses did everything according to the pattern that was shown to him on the mountain, read it. It said, then the glory of the Lord filled the house so the priests were unable to minister. What do you mean by that? Whenever patterns are followed, glory is manifest. Oh, my God, help me. Principles create prosperity. Patterns manifest glory. Here's number six. Anything you hate doing, find a way to quit. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons uh, I, I pastored as an assistant pastor seven years in my pastor's church and my church 21 years. That's where the 28 years of pastoring came from. But one of the reasons I thoroughly enjoy what I do, two things I want to show you. Every season, Mark, I look at my life and I and this is the honest question I ask. What am I now not going to do anymore? True story. And then I ask, who's going to do it? Because there are some things that I don't need to do anymore. And now someone else say someone else has to do it. There are some things that I've done that when I quit, no one else needs to do it. It's over. It expired. So one of the things I always do every season of my life, I look at my life and say, what am I now not going to do anymore? Personally and corporately when it comes to the ministry. You understand that? I used to enjoy cutting my grass. Now, that's somebody else's job. <laughs> oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it up until I decided I didn't. <laughs> now, I got, look, somebody tell me, now I got a guy. I paid a guy to come cut the yard. You understand that? I used to enjoy pressure washing my house and the fence and the pool deck and all that. 
until I decided I didn't. Now I got a guy. <laughs> Y'all understand that? I used to cut my own hair until I decided I didn't enjoy it no more. Now I got a guy. Are you understand what I'm saying? So every season of your life, look at your life and ask yourself, listen, ask yourself honest question. What am I now not going to do anymore? And then quit. Strategically quit. But quit. So one of the reasons to this day, I'm not burnt out. I'm not wore out. I enjoy ministry. I, I thrive in my routine is because I don't do anything I hate. Not one thing. I don't do anything I hate. I don't do anything I can't enjoy doing. Oh, come on. I don't do anything I can't make fun. Does that make sense? Y'all got that? Two more things and I'm done. All right. Train people and then trust the people you train. You know, I have had some situations doing what we do where I've had I've trusted some people. And let's talk financially. I've trusted some people that have cost me literally tens of thousands of dollars because I trusted them. Yeah, uh-huh. But you know what I decided? I'm going to trust somebody else with that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not taking that back on myself because of what Judas did. Right. Never let a Judas teach you how to do ministry. It's, listen, listen. You know what God showed me? There's a very good reason God let a thief have, be the treasury of his son's ministry. <laughs> There's, no, there's a very good reason. You know why? God said, I want to show you that what I've called you to do is unstoppable. That's good. Hey! Y'all did not hear what I just said. They can't steal enough to stop you from what you're doing. You understand that? So literally, I've had a couple people that did things that cost me a lot of money. So what I do? Fire them and hire somebody else. <laughs> but I'm not taking that back on me because if I, watch this now. If you tie the visionary to task, they can't see further. If I can't see further, we can't go further. You don't tie a visionary to task. You don't tie a visionary to task. You understand that? Because if I can't see further, we can't go further. I need to be free to see. Oh, come on. Free your man to see. Free your man to see. I need, I'm telling you as a visionary, okay? A visionary. Free your man of God to see. Because if I can't see further, we can't go further. If I got a million things on my mind, then the things God want on my mind can't be there. You understand that? Trust, train people and trust the people. Here's the last thing. Build for where you're going, not for where you are. Build for where you're going. I see a lot of leaders that build to maintain. And they wonder why there's no real progress. Because if you only build to maintain, then you'll only attain You'll only maintain what you've attained. But if you build for where you're going, you're making room for God to do what it is that God has purpose to do in your life. You understand that? Now, there's somebody right now in the sound of my voice. Your life is way, way, way too stressful. And it's not because of the things you have to do. It's not because of the people in your life. It's not because of the abundance of everything that's going on in your life. You either lack skill or you lack structure. If you like skill, let me show you what this looks like. Okay. I'm well aware of the skill I like. So here's what I do. And I'm going to show you on my, on my calendar. This is my ability, my busy calendar that go on through the week. That's my busy calendar. But block one starts at 6 a.m. with devotion. I'm seeking God. I'm praying. I'm hearing, listening to the voice of God, reading the word. Block two says emotional and physical fitness. In that block, I'm not listening to prophets. I'm listening to therapists. There's some of you, listen, I'm not being crude. You don't need any more prophecies. You need therapy. And the church has shunned that. But you got to get your mind in the game. You got to make sure you get your mind in the game. You got to undo some things that have been done in your soul as a child. You got to gain skill. Say skill. I've learned that when you know how to process things to a conclusion, you don't end up stressing, burdened down, burdened down and, and depressed. You understand that? Overeating, 
uh, drinking on the slide, doing these things in order to numb so you don't have to feel anything. When you have resolution skills, you don't need to get high. There is no high like the most high. You know, people say, I drink a beer to take the edge off. I know how to keep the edge off. You need to find out how to not get on the edge. But when you listen, when you have skill, you don't need substances. Oh, my God. And there's a reason that people listen to me. We, we like to come at the people that are drinking and people that are smoking. But, but any time you take food and use it like a drug in order to numb your pain, you got the same problem the alcoholic has. It's just we like to point them out because it's a scourge on society. But the reality of it is it's the same devil. And we got we got to say skill. We've got to learn skills that help us to remain in a balanced place. There are others of you on the side of my voice. You got all the skill necessary to perform all the duties you need to perform and perform them well. The problem is your life is not structured for success. So as I said here, I had to not, it's not enough to wish for success. I had to go through my life and I had to make sure that I structure for success. So devotion always start with God. Then, then after, after you've been with God, you got to be with you. Some of you right now, you get up in the morning, right? And you live to find out what other people's agenda is for your life. What do you mean by that? Inboxes, text messages. Other people have already arranged their agendas for your life. And you're running to their, you're running to your inboxes to figure out what other people's agenda is for your life. Get with God, then get with you. Get in that, that soul care posture. Third thing on my list is physical fitness. That's why I got rid of the pool table and put in the gym. Why? Thou shalt not be fat. I decided that I'm not going to give myself an excuse to be out of shape. So I got rid of the pool table and I put in a gym in my house. And I have a gym membership. Why? No excuses. Roll out of bed, right? I don't even have to put on clothes. I can work out, right? I don't even have to get up and go anywhere, right? Roll out of bed and go right to the gym. You understand that? The next thing on my calendar is my strategy review. So now I'm going through and I'm saying, what, watch this now, what is important to me before other people start telling me what's important to them? Because you know what happens when you plug into other people? They start telling you all the things that they have already planned to use your time for. Isn't that right? What if you said, nope, I'm going to do the three most important things to me before I start dealing with anybody else? Come on, somebody. Then you will feel you will actually make progress in life. Then you will feel uh, an element of fulfillment. You know why people feel, feel unfulfilled? Because you're not accomplishing your goals. That's the bottom line. They're not accomplishing your goals. I figured out when people feel truly fulfilled in life, isn't it amazing they're also happy? See that? Stand your feet if you would. We want to pray. Father, we